This Dharma talk was recorded at Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. So good evening, everyone. Once again, welcome to Prairie Mountain Zen Center. This is our fall 2023 class on Dogen's fascicle, Genjo Koan. And we're using uh, Reverend Okamura's Realizing Genjo Koan, this wonderful book with a beautiful painting on the cover, as our guide uh, to all the many details of Dogen's fascicle. Thank you again, Joro-san, for supporting our study and our practice. This is class two of a six-week uh, class. Um, and last week, we investigated how Ehe Dogen began writing the Genja Koan after he returned from pilgrimage to China, after meeting his true teacher, Master Rujing, and awakening in the midnight zendo at the slap of a slipper during the zazen at midnight. And we understand Dogen is always encouraging us to practice, and their words are only a part of his wide array of methods. Though for us, they are in some ways the only way, since we read him in translation 700 or more years after he wrote in medieval Japanese, and yet we also have our own experiences of practice. And that is also a way that we access the teachings. In many ways, we meet Dogen's words, just like we meet the words of the Buddha through the Pali Canon, not only through the words, but through our practice as a verification of how we are practicing, what we are practicing, what we are understanding and awakening to. And so it's important for us to reflect on our own experiences of Zazen, of our retreat practice, of encounters with teachers and with Sangha members, and to be open to understanding these experiences in the light of the teachings, as well as understanding the teachings in light of our experiences. So it's sort of mutually informative in both directions. We also saw that Dogen had composed, after returning from China, not only the One Night Blue Cliff Record, his voluminous collection of koans, but also two early fascicles that are also important, Fukan Zazengi, Dogen's universal recommendations for Sazen, which provides many practical instructions, and the Bendoa, the wholehearted way, which extends his understanding of Buddhism and the Buddha way as resulting from ancestral methods. In many respects, Gunjo Koan builds on and develops Dogen's teachings further, laying the foundation for Shobogenzo, the treasury of the true Dharma eye. And in many ways, we can understand that title and Dogen's efforts and, and to awaken our own Dharma eye. How do we see with the eye of practice our own true Buddha nature manifesting through ongoing practice enlightenment? And because we understand Dogen's constant encouragement this way, we can be more patient, open, and curious 
when studying the more poetic and philosophical language in his writing. At the same time, we can appreciate how direct and clear Dogen can be. For example, when he declares to study the Buddha way is to study the self, to study the self is to forget the self. These classic instructions come from section six of Genjo Koan by Shohaku Okamura's translation in the book. And this passage has its roots in Zazen, which is to say also in the clear direct instructions from Fukan Zazengi. He writes, cease from practice based on intellectual understanding, pursuing words and following after speech, and learn the backward step that turns your light inwardly to illuminate yourself. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will be manifest. If you want to attain suchness, you should practice suchness without delay. So some of these words, I think, may feel jargonized or mysterious, but we can understand the directionality that Dogen wants us to ground ourselves in this posture, sitting upright under the Bodhi tree. And whether we stare at the Zoom screen or at the wall in the Zendo, there is the ongoing study of the self, the study of the body, the study of the emotions, study of the mind, the study of our habituated mind states. In all of this, there is a systematic effort not to think about the self, but to observe it. And this cultivation of observing mind is at the heart of what we practice in the study of the self, while at the same time, our posture, our practice, our breathing is also grounding us in equanimity and letting go of body and mind and the self. So there's a double work that unfolds through our practice. In Genjo Koan, some years later, Dogen provides Zazen instructions that focus on study to illuminate self, right? He says, a quiet room is suitable. So not only do we take the one seat with our posture, ideally we can cultivate it in a quiet room where the exterior and interior conditions mutually support one another. These conditions of calm, upright sitting, and therefore we manifest and engage the practice beyond intellectual understanding, which is also to say beyond our typical activities, particularly the pursuing after words and following after speech. And as we'll see as we go along tonight, even when we're being very quiet, this can still manifest. Dogen asserts body and mind of themselves will drop away. The direct observation of all elements of what we call self, body, speech, heart, mind, will unfold. And gradually through the holistic element or process of Zen practice, we are able to carry Zazen mind into all activities, walking, sitting, standing, and lying down. Our retreat practice is especially encouraging for this kind of thing, especially if we can do a residential practice for a week 
we not only push away from our everyday familiar surroundings and habits of body, speech, mind, we cultivate Zazen and Zazen mind throughout all moments of the day in an atmosphere that reinforces and supports that. One common translation of Genjo Koan is actualizing the fundamental point. As we saw in our first class, each of the three early fascicles I mentioned use the word all in our translation. Establishing a complete immersion in Buddhist practice. In Bendawa, Dogen starts, all Buddha Tathagatas are always transmitting this marvelous teaching. In Fukan Zazengi, he asserts the way is basically perfect and all pervading. And in Genjo Koan, he opens as all things are Buddha Dharma. There is delusion and realization, practice, birth and death, and there are Buddhas and sentient beings. The fundamental point is that practice is all-encompassing. It includes our entire life. Nothing is left out, including our right effort, yet also including the letting go body and mind, sitting upright in zazen. This simultaneity is important. It manifests not only in our practice methodology, but also in our relationship with time and being, with our absolute and relative self. In his introduction to Shinshu Roberts' wonderful book on Dogen's fascicle Uji, Being Time, Norman Fisher explains, of all the many important interlocking concepts that comprise basic Buddhist teachings, none is more important than impermanence. The Four Noble Truths, suffering, cause of suffering, end of suffering, and path flow from it, flow from impermanence. We suffer because everything is impermanent. Everything ends. Loss is inevitable. This is the inescapable human condition the path is set forth to address. But a more detailed look at Buddhist teachings on impermanence, especially the Mahayana teachings, changes our initial impression. Impermanence, it becomes clear, doesn't mean that things last for a while and then pass away. Things arise and pass away at the same time. That is to say, things don't exist as we imagine they do. Much of our experience of reality is therefore illusory, and this is why we suffer. Dogen concludes his introduction to Genjo Koan with an apparent dichotomy. At this point, by Fisher's commentary on Uji, can help clarify our existential understanding. We may awaken to our intrinsic Buddha nature and be at ease in the center of emptiness and impermanence. And yet, as Dogen writes, the Buddha way is basically leaping clear of the many and the one. Thus, there are birth and death, delusion and realization, sentient beings and Buddhas. Yet in attachment, blossoms fall, and in aversion, weeds spread. The great Japanese poet Isa wrote a classic haiku illustrating the simultaneity of absolute and relative view. He writes, This dewdrop world 
is only a drop of dew. And yet, and yet, we will become and be attached. We will become and be averse. We will, Dogen is explaining, still fall into limited or relative self and be sentient beings immersed in heartache of attachment, the suffering of aversion in the world of samsara. It's from this realm that bodhisattvas practice, that bodhisattvas crack open into compassion and wisdom. Most of the time, though, practitioners, we want to push this away and believe we'll dwell eventually in absolute reality and be untouched by this suffering we run from. As was pointed out last time, the challenge is to open to and be intimate with where we are, who we are, in relation to Dogen, the Buddha way, and our own life in this world. In the second section of Genjo Koan, Dogen clarifies both how we habitually manifest our conditioned mind, one of dualistic and self-reconfirming blindness, and how the practice methodology of Zazen can help us open into intimacy, whatever our current conditions. Dogen writes, to carry yourself forward and experience myriad things is delusion. That myriad things come forth and experience themselves is awakening. Those who have great realization of of delusion are Buddhas. Those who are greatly deluded about realization are sentient beings. There are those further who continue realizing beyond realization and those who are in delusion throughout delusion. When Buddhas are truly Buddhas, they do not necessarily notice that they are Buddhas. Most of the time, we carry ourselves forward, thinking, analyzing, planning, speaking, acting. Again, our habituated consciousness is like a deeply grooved <laughs> groove in our mind. It's, it's there, deeply embedded, reinforced again and again. And so we believe in this self. We, we think it's experiencing myriad things, elements outside ourselves, uh, including what we perceive as other beings, like the wasp that just flew behind my head. Uh, Rarely are we quiet and still enough to allow myriad things to come forth and experience themselves. So Zazen, again, encourages us and enables this profound stillness, this inner outer quietude. The intimacy of Zazen mind is manifested when we let go this habituated mind, as Uchiyama Roshi says, opening the hand of thought. And as Dogen says, with his uh, phrase for being intimate, precisely when you see forms or hear sounds fully engaging body and mind, you grasp things directly. This is the experience of direct intimacy before words and letters. This is what we practice and open into, to let go, especially our habituated ways of labeling everything. And this is where our um, our Zazen can really help us, especially when we get very quiet. We can observe our mind when it applies labels as ways of contextualizing reality 
but it gets in the way. And our direct perception, when we're really grounded and really open, does not imprison the world or ourselves in this way. Instead, we and myriad things are openly themselves, openly an unfolding process together. But so much of the time, our rapid-fire brain zooms past this open state right into naming and defining. And perhaps this is why Dogen discovered and innovated such imaginative ways of writing, using methods, sorry, methods of using language that cunningly open us beyond our typical ways of categorizing, limiting, and thinking. So as we read some of the more poetic parts of the um, fascicle in the coming weeks, really reflect on that more poetic and philosophical uh, way that Dogen is pushing us, teasing us in many ways with language to go beyond language, beyond our habituated thought. So practicing with sound is an excellent method to open into this insight. As sounds come out of silence in widely varying ways that can surprise consciousness by grounding ourselves in quietude, in equanimity, in our zazen, we can simply observe sounds arising, words arising, habitual conscious mind arising, and in that silence and stillness, see a gap arising, a moment of freedom beyond our typical way of living, thinking, and perceiving. When one side is illuminated, the other side is dark, Dogen writes. To grasp reality directly is what Zazen manifests. When our habit-trained conventional consciousness hears a sound, it zips to name it. Robin, bird, truck, jet, wind. Letting go into the spaciousness and ease the Zazen, our mind no longer has to race and grasp with language this way. The flexibility of this mind enables us to experience the process that takes us beyond self and other. Instead, we allow the myriad things to drop away. This experience, direct experience of reality, allows us to understand what Roshi Kwan calls no beginning, no end, the intimate heart of Zen. Being intimate requires us to let go what we conventionally grip and cling to. The sense that I am in here, the universe is out there. When we see from conventional view, the other side is dark. To go beyond this is not easy. Our clinging is so deeply and pervasively established. We don't even see we are doing this and therefore are truly in the dark. Again, Dogen asserts to study the Buddha way is to study the self to study the self, to forget the self. So our practice requires this intensive study, this concentrated effort, this sustained zazen. And in that, we do forget habituated ways of thinking and seeing, perceiving and understanding our world. This is at once astounding and reassuring. We can marvel how far we have come just to recognize and acknowledge this statement. And it's true. Those who have great realization of delusion are Buddhas. And now we can see this truth.
in our own self, in our own practice. How it emerges from long study, long practice, and this intimacy with ourselves and with other selves. We see how tightly we've gripped that self, its habit patterns. At last, we let go and perceive directly the intimate experience beyond the scrim of self-mind, dropped like a blinding veil from our sight. It is the self clinging to its sense of separation that imprisons us in that samsara suffering. Those who are greatly deluded about realization are sentient beings, Dogen also writes. For we conceive of a of, of this realization as separate from our current self. But Genjo Koan teaches how, as Dogen expressed in Fukan Zazengi, it is never apart from one, right where one is. This intimacy of practice enlightenment and even of Bodhisattva practicing with delusion. This is our practice, meeting it in ourselves and in others, moment by moment, leaping clear of the many and the one. Our practice is intimate at the heart of our holistic Zen practice, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, letting go completely. Things do come forth and experience themselves. Zazen mind becomes intimate in this direct experience of reality and allows myriad things to manifest and be wholly untouched by our conventional grasping and defining and analyzing. In the midst of this moment, we let go completely and relax. As Chateau expresses it in Song of the Grass Roof Hermitage, thousands of words myriad interpretations are only to free you from obstructions. If you want to know the undying person in the hut, do not separate from this skin bag here and now. Thank you all. You've been listening to a Dharma talk from Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. To learn more about us or to make a donation, visit us at prairiemountain.org.